0: Smoked wheels offer some advantages to motorcycles, that's why you see them run on bikes that ride the Dakar and all your off-road racing. They are more flexible and forgiving in the rough stuff, and it's why you see them on most adventure bikes. But that flexibility comes at a cost, and that cost is having to run a tube inside the tire. You've probably heard of the bikes that run the Dakar, they run a moose in there, that's because that tube is problematic. And although all the adventure, well, I shouldn't say all the adventure bikes, most adventure bikes out there have tubes, they're often shrouded in sort of a cloud of mystery when you go to buy them. You can't seem to find valid or even much information, but today we have a tire expert on the show that's going to answer some tire tube questions, uh, maybe dispel some myths, and hopefully you're going to learn some interesting facts. My name is Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. We got a good one for you. It's wind pressure that powers the Motobreeze chain oiler. No electrical or vacuum connections. It delivers the oil to a felt pad on your swing arm. No nozzles near your sprockets. One ounce of oil gets 1,000 miles or 1,600 kilometers. Get more miles from your chain and sprockets. MotoBreeze.com. And Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made heavy-duty luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. You can turn any dry bag into luggage using their strapping system. And, of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse that adventure riding gives it. Tough, reliable gear. GreenChiliADV.com. Best Rest Product is the maker of the Cycle Pump, the best tire inflator for motorcyclists. It'll inflate your flat tire in less than three minutes. Made in the USA comes with a lifetime warranty. They also distribute Googletech filters. CyclePump.com. I'm Sam Maniko. Simon, Simon Payne. Brian Phil. How do you get of? Jocelyn Snow. Charlie Borman. Carl Parker. Simon Thomas. Lisa Thomas. Grant Johnson. Jimmy Lewis. Nice. Liz Jansen. And you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. Believe it or not, spoke wheels have been around since at least 2000 BC. Now, even though our spoke wheels on our motorcycles look a lot like the ones on the wooden carriages back in the day, Those were called compression spokes, meaning that the the weight was suspended between the hub and the lower portion of the rim. So basically the wagon sort of rode on those lower spokes, sort of standing on them like stilts. Whereas our adventure bikes are called tension spokes, meaning that the weight hangs on the upper part of the rim. So in fact, completely opposite to the wagon wheel, although they look the same. And as you know, the wagon wheel only had a steel ring around the outside, no rubber around it. But way back in 1887, a Scottish veterinarian named John Dunlop, recognize that name, invented, well, kind of reinvented, actually, the air-filled tire. The reinvention story, well, that's that's another story I'm not going to get into. But you can thank John Dunlop for popularizing it, or maybe at least selling it to the right people, anyway. Which is great because that air-filled tire is a vital part of your suspension on your motorcycle. Now, back in the day, keeping the air in the tire was practically impossible. Well, it wasn't possible without the invention of the tire tube. Basically, the tire tube is a balloon inside your tire that's held from exploding by that tough outer case, your tire. So it's kind of surprising that after all this time, 1887 was when he reinvented it. After all this time the tube it still holds a mystery when you go to buy a tube for a motorcycle there's so many questions with so few answers well we happen to know a world-renowned tire expert named tj tennant and tj and i are going to sit down and talk about tubes and get some answers to some of those questions about motorcycle tubes and maybe well i hope you're going to learn some things that you didn't know before
1: I am T.J. Tennant, and I am the owner of Tennant Associates. We are a tire forensics group, and we specialize in tire forensics and accident investigation all over the world. Uh, I am also an avid motorcyclist, motorcycle rider, and purchaser of motorcycles, unfortunately.
0: DJ, welcome back to Adventure Rider Radio.
1: How are you guys doing?
0: Very, very well. How about you? Uh,
1: trying to stay... Safe and uh, keep from getting ill down here in Tennessee.
0: Ah, yes, and you're very busy because what what you do drags you into, I guess, all over the place, isn't it?
1: Yeah, we we would actually be traveling still globally right now, but because of the coronavirus in the U.S., most of those cases and questions and things have been handled by Zoom video. Mm. Uh, but here in the U.S., we're still traveling. a uh, about once a week or so, we were just traveling last week. We've got two more training sessions with law enforcement coming up later this year. But unfortunately, the lawsuits and court cases never stop.
0: So you're sort of split between teaching law enforcement how to investigate accidents and, and what the tire has to do with the accident and also going to court then and dealing with court cases, people being sued or suing.
1: That is correct. Uh Uh, We spend a lot of time with those two things. We recently got involved in also training and certifying emergency vehicle technicians. Those are the guys who work on ambulances and fire trucks and things like that. And also by accident, we've been asked to train some insurance claims agents. And I think we talked about this on the last show, Riding the Dark Side, where they put the passenger car tires on the rear of motorcycles. Insurance companies are starting to be more curious about that and trying to understand how they should handle those claims. So we've been getting quite a few requests here in the States from the larger insurance companies.
0: Mm. Yeah, the insurance companies are always looking for a way not to pay. (laughs) They will not be paying those claims. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great episode we did on uh, on, uh, riding the dark side. That was good. Today, what we're talking about is tubes, and I want to I want to get information from you. I've got I've got questions for you, and I want to delve into this into into motorcycle tire tubes. So maybe we can start off with why would a wheel need a tube?
1: Uh, occasionally, you will have tube type wheels that uh, basically and that that's set by. Looks, it's a visual thing, and they want that some some of the people who ride off road or ride dual sport, and occasionally the classic motorcycles will have spokes, and that's what it's about. And sometimes you can have a sealed rim that has spokes, but most of them are not sealed. So in cases like that, you need a, a course a flap to keep the spokes from poking the tube. But in those cases, is when you will need a tube in your on on your motorcycle to keep from Keep you upright, I guess.
0: So, I guess any wheel with spokes is going to need a tube, except for the new BMW ones, or, or I think, does KTM have them as well? Do you know where they're mounted K- to the outside?
1: KTM does have sealed wheels and BMW, but for the most part, uh, all the others that are spoked will need a tube type uh, tire and a tube.
0: Right. And it's, I mean, I guess we won't bother getting into the advantages of, of, uh, of the spoked wheel on this but there's advantages in particular for off-road as well as what like you said the looks if you want the the classic look or if the bike has that classic look but when it comes to tubes um, you often see when you're shopping for tubes as a motorcycle rider you'll see if your if your bike takes tubes you'll see a normal and a heavy duty tube What, what are we looking at there?
1: Wow, that's a great question. You know, no one has ever asked me that question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's one of those sumpers because you look at it and you think, well, heavy-duty, a lot of people will just think, well, I'll get the heavy-duty one.
1: Uh, Well, let's talk about that. Uh, Typically, tubes will come in thickness and gauge, and that's the thickness of the rubber, from about one and a half millimeters on up to four millimeters on average. And uh, just because it's heavy-duty, it's thicker, so it's going to be more puncture resistant. Uh, let's just get that out of the way. So if you've got a thicker tube and you're riding off-road, you stand less chance of having the tube go flat. But if you've got a dual-sport motorcycle, not a bike that's strictly used for off-road, it's not preferable at all to use a uh, heavy-duty tube. You want to use a thinner tube. And in, in a situation where you want to use a thinner tube, One and a half to two millimeters is if you're going to be operating that, possibly operating that motorcycle at over 100 miles per hour. And kilometers, that'd probably be uh, 140 kilometers per hour, something like that. Yes, that's right. Uh, So you don't want a thicker tube because it's going to develop a whole lot more heat inside of that tire because you got friction between the tire and the road, the internal components of the tire, the tire and the tube, the the tire and the wheel and the tube in the wheel. So a thicker tube creates more heat.
0: And what does the heat do?
1: The heat uh, is, is, is not good for the tire or even more so not good for the tube because it causes some deterioration in the tube and the tube uh, quality is not as robust and that tube could fail.
0: Okay, and, and when it's running hotter, like let's say you did run a heavy-duty tube and you ran it hotter, does that mean that the tread's going to wear faster as well because it's, it's heated up so much?
1: The tread could wear faster, not significantly faster, but it's not going to wear uh, like it should because the tire's hotter too. But the biggest thing that would be more significant for the rider would be the possibility of that tube having a catastrophic failure, and, especially on that front tire, and having an accident.
0: Now, um, if you uh, if you're looking at the heavy duty or light tube, and let's say you're running much lower speeds, let's say under eighty mile per hour, and you were debating on it, is there any disadvantage? I mean, does the heavy tube last uh, the same amount of time as is the, the thinner tube at those at those lower speeds?
1: Well, let's let's talk about. Uh the tube construction and compound of the tube there's two different types of rubber that tubes are going to be made of and uh, if next time you get ready to purchase a tube it'll have what they're made of on the side of the box or or on the markings and the first one that i wanted to talk about is butyl rubber which is a synthetic rubber and it's made on the thinner tubes it's also made on the thicker tubes so with butyl rubber, it's, it's a synthetic rubber. It's going to be more puncture resistant and a little bit more flexible than a natural rubber tube, believe it or not. Hmm. Now, the difference between a butyl rubber tube and a natural rubber tube, which has more natural rubber from a rubber tree plant, is that the natural rubber tube is going to have more longevity and better heat dissipation. So if you're riding on-road and you're riding most of the time on-road on your adventure bike, you want a tube that's thinner, but you want the compound of the tube to be natural rubber instead of butyl rubber. And that's uh. B-U-T-Y-L. So if you're riding off-road, I would say – and strictly off-road, if you're riding a dirt bike or something like that or you know something, anything off-road designated – You want to get a a heavy-duty or extra-heavy-duty tube, and if you want more puncture resistance, you want it, uh, uh, of course, the heavy-duty is going to be thicker, up to four millimeters, but then you want that tube to be made of butyl rubber and less natural rubber.
0: Oh, that's okay. That's good information. Now, uh, how long, on average, should a tube last?
1: It depends on how much pressure you're running, how aggressively you're riding. Uh, you mean on road or off road?
0: Um, we're talking on road, but maybe with a mixture. You know, so you're an adventure bike, for instance. You're riding probably mostly on road with some off road.
1: It, to be brutally honest, that's going to be stroke of luck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what's the rule of thumb here? Like, I hear some people say, you know, replace it every time you change your tire. You replace it, put a new tube in. Is that the sensible thing to do?
1: That is the sensible thing to do. I, as a matter of fact, I recommend that uh, when you, whether you need it or not. A tube is, what, a few bucks? It's worth it to make sure that you stay as safe as you possibly can. And if, if, if you don't change it, whatever dealer that you frequent is probably going to ask if you want to change the tube. And, and they're doing that from a safety standpoint.
0: Right. Now with tubes, uh, with, with, with tube type tires, a lot of people like to use sealer. They have sealer in their pack in, in case they get a puncture. And let's face it, it's that's one of the downsides of a tube type tire is that when you get a flat, you've got to pull your tire off, pull the tube out, find the, the hole, fix the hole, put it all back together. Whereas if with a tubeless tire, you can just put a plug in it and run yourself to the shop sort of thing and, and you're off again, or, or you could even leave it in. Depends on how you feel about them. But when it comes to tube sealer, For tubes, is there a special quality of tube sealer? And what do you think about tube sealers? Maybe maybe you should start with that.
1: Uh, uh, I have used tube sealer in the past and mousse and stuff like that. Uh, But the tire manufacturer, which is usually also the tube manufacturer, kind of frowned on that because they think, hey, you know, if you are using our product, if something happens, just put another product on it. But that's not always feasible if you're out in the woods or something. So if if you're asking me if it's okay to use tube sealer, my answer would be yes. As far as quality, just like anything else with tubes or tires, usually it correlates that the more expensive the tube sealer is, the better it's (laughs) going (laughs) to be. But uh, I I, don't... I don't have any scientific data to prove that to be true because <laughs> I've used really cheap stuff and it worked really well and I didn't have any problems and I've used really expensive stuff. Well, not really expensive for tube sealer, but I've used expensive tube sealer and you know, it didn't work as well.
0: Well, I I've seen tube sealer that is for, it says right on it that it's for tubeless tires. And then I've seen the, the same manufacturer have it for tube type tires. What could be different?
1: Uh, Probably the fact that if you're using a tubeless tire, uh, that tube sealer, the, the chemicals in that tube sealer are going to be set up for the compounds on that uh, tubeless tire, which is usually going to be a mixture of rubber and butyl, more butyl than than regular rubber on the outside, on the tread, and then moving to natural rubber on the inside. Uh, And if it's a tube type tire, it's going to be more, uh, probably more butyl, definitely more butyl rubber than natural rubber. And the compounds, the chemicals in that sealer are going to be set up so that there's no clash uh, of the way that it's supposed to work with the rubber that's used to make not only the, the tube, but the tire as well.
0: But if you're running, if you have a choice between a butyl tube and a natural rubber tube, you'd really have to buy the sealer accordingly then
1: yeah if you change from what stock on the tire if you if you have tube sealer that's for a tubeless tire you want to stick with that on a tubeless tire but if you put a tube inside of there then you want to go to uh the tube type sealer for the tubeless tire even though you've got a tube in it yes Hopefully I didn't make that more complicated than I was trying to make it sound.
0: <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think you did. <laughs> okay, so now now we're talking about the tubes, but when you shop for tires, there are some tires you can get, and particularly I'm thinking the TKC80, the Continental one, they have one for a tubeless setup and one for a tube-type setup. These are two the, uh, otherwise identical tires. Is there a difference between the tires for the a tire that's meant for a tube and the tire that's meant to run tubeless?
1: Oh God, yes. Yes. Uh, and looking at it visually, you may not be able to tell the difference, but the way that the bead package in that tire is set up and designed is for a specific type of rim. And a tube wheel is designed and the rim flange area where the beads fit are different than a tube-type tire. So if you try to put a tube-less tire on a tube-type rim and put a tube in it, It it can possibly be done, but that tire may not seat properly within the rim flange, and that's the outer part that the tire slides into, on that wheel. It may look visually like it's okay, but the design specifications on that tire and that wheel would be inherently different because one requires a tube as the air uh, uh, container and one doesn't. So they're designed quite, quite differently, actually. So that, that would be where your problem would lie.
0: So and we um, talked about this before with running, uh, um, riding the dark side and that's putting the car tires on a motorcycle rim. That was one of the, the big issues that you talked about. So if you look at a profile of the rim, a cutaway of the rim, there's a difference in that seating area. That lip area is much bigger for a tube less tire than a tube type tire. Correct?
1: Yeah. Yes, you're, you're totally correct. And you know, when, when uh, I was on the TRA, which is the Tire and Rim Association, and that's a board of engineers that, from all tire companies and wheel companies, that was a, a constant discussion about how to address things like that. Because the, the engineers that were on that board that rode motorcycles, me and the guy from Dunlop and uh, the guy from Michelin, we all rode motorcycles. So we understood what was going on in the real world and trying to get the engineers who were on the motorcycle tire and room association board did not understand how motorcyclists switched tube type and tubeless tires onto tube type and tubeless wheels and interchange those, those products. And so that was always a, a, a constant discussion and sometimes, uh, aggressive argument. <laughs> but we, we always erred on the side of safety, which was, hey, if it's if it's a tube type tire and you're going to put it on a tubeless wheel, we don't agree with it, but we understand people are doing it. Uh, but you got to put a tube in there. That was our end discussion and agreement.
0: Hey, stay with us. After the break, we've got more. Nothing is worse than cold feet because when your feet get cold, they're almost impossible to warm up again. Same goes for your hands. You've probably done it before you've stopped because your feet are freezing. You take off your boots, you rub your feet, then you put your boots back on and almost immediately your feet are cold again. Well, that's because you forgot that Pearly's Possum socks are the best cold weather socks money can buy for us motorcyclists. I love my Pearlies. In fact, I look forward to wearing them in cold weather, not just because they keep my feet warm, but because they feel amazing on my feet. It's like super soft and plush. And by the way, Pearlies Possum Socks are made with a blend of merino wool and possum fur that together, well, it's what dreams are made of. And they're the type of material they wick away moisture and they don't stink, everything you want for a sock for motorcyclists. In fact, I even wear them in the summertime. They go great in my boots because I'm wearing the the tall boots. So they're, they're fantastic for that. Check out Cold Weather Socks by Pearly's. They are the official sock of Adventure Rider Radio. Socks.com is a website. Anytime you deal with them, throw in there that you heard them on Adventure Rider Radio. Socks.com. No doubt you've got a computer that's connected to the internet a smartphone that's connected online to all your favorite social media accounts. We're very connected nowadays in our cyber world that we spend a good portion of our time in. But how connected are you with your motorcycle? Being connected to your bike is a necessity if you're trying to increase your riding skills. And and if you hit any kind of dirt at all, which every rider is going to do it, even if you're a street rider, you're going to hit dirt. In fact, you cannot ride. or not ride well without being connected if you're running uh, your stock foot pegs, then you're you're not really connected. You need IMS Products foot pegs designed specifically for riders like you and I by riders tested in extreme conditions that only like the highest level riders get to. They're built in the USA. They're warranted for life. They look great on the bike as well. IMS Products makes a full line of adventure motorcycle foot pegs to suit your style of riding have a look and grab a set of foot pegs that you can not only stand on but you can depend on imsproducts.com and uh, anytime you're dealing with them throw in there that you heard them on adventure rider radio imsproducts.com now with the with the tubeless tires versus the tube type tire is there a different other other differences other than the bead is there a difference with the inside of how they're made to seal or anything like that
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the toe of the bead, which is that little pointed part that comes out, is kind of squared off, is different. Definitely the inner liners of those tires, because one has to hold air and one doesn't. <clears throat> so uh, with, with all that said, yeah, internally and up to, if you look at the tire from the outside, uh, they're very similar. There's not much difference. But when you look at it from the bead area and curve around the bead area, into the inner parts of the tire, that's when everything changes. The the compounds, the 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 types of rubber that are used, and also taking in consideration whether it's for off road use or it's one of those uh, uh, adventure sport tires where it's eighty twenty or twenty eighty or something like that. Those compounds are all different on all those products, so they may or may not have more or less friction with the tube if they're designed to have. To not have a tube in that tire. And the one other thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, the sizing that's on the tube, because here in the U.S., we have the standard sizes. And, of course, you guys have metric sizes in Canada. A lot of the tube manufacturers have been doing doing a good job marking both standards, both sizes uh, of tire that the tube is designed to fit on the box but occasionally with some of the older uh, Dunlop and, and I almost said Firestone, but actually Bridgestone tubes, they still put here in the U.S. They put, hey, this is designed for a 4.5 to a, a 5, you know, up to an 18 inch wheel, where translated in a metric could be like a 110, 118 and, and a 120, 118. So I'm hoping that they all start to mark both, understanding that uh, these are sold globally and usually, a lot of the tubes, believe it or not, are not made in the U.S. Even the ones that are made by Dunlop and, and Bridgestone, a lot of them are made uh, by a third party and then labeled or stamped with that tire brand or that manufacturer's brand on it, and then sold as that brand. So most tubes are actually not sold in the U.S. not not
0: for motorcycles. Not made, I should say. Yeah, not made in the U.S. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but but that the tube is still made to their spec though.
1: It's still made to the spec, and they're very reliable. Now, I have found in the past that occasionally there could be some cracking right where the valve, that thick part of the rubber that supports the valve, fits on the tube. There, I have seen some instances in the past where that adhesion between the tube and that valve uh, were not really, really secure. But it appears that everyone has resolved that. and It actually triggered a silent recall.
0: TJ, I want to ask you a, a bit of an opinion thing here um, and see what how you feel about this. Do you think that we get more rear flats than front? the The idea being that the front tire runs over something, stands it up, and then it impales the rear tire?
1: Yes. Actually, that's another great question. Yes. You will get more, not just on motorcycles, but also on automobiles. On cars
0: too. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not sure if it's just my experience, but but that's what you seem to see. It, it, and you can't help but think, did the front tire stand that screw up and jam it into my back tire?
1: Yep. And unfortunately, the back tire is always more expensive than the front tire. <laughs> I think the 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 tube and tire manufacturers secretly designed the tires to do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But so that's interesting. You know, it's interesting. I don't I don't think it really helps us at all knowing it. But I mean, it's an interesting data point.
1: It, it is, and uh, someone asked me that about ten years ago. That he thought that, and this was concerning uh, commercial tires. That he he never he very rarely got flats on his steer, but on his drive tires, they seem to always have a nail or something stuck in them. And we did some research on it and found that that's what's going on. Is is there's something there that could puncture the tire? the front or the steer tire rolls over that object and actually picks it up or stands it up or flicks it up then when the rear tire rolls over it it goes into the rubber also another interesting fact is most of the flats on road not off-road but most of the on-road flats actually happen on a wet day versus a dry
0: day oh wow now why is that yeah, the
1: water actually lubricates that object to go in through the tire. And one of the things that you could do, which is kind of funny, is uh, is you can get an old tire and get an ice pick and try to jam that ice pick into the tire. It doesn't matter if it's a motorcycle, bias, radio, whatever. It's very difficult to do. If you were to put some moisture on that ice pick, whether it's something from your mouth or water or whatever, it goes in very, very, very easily. There's almost... Very little to no force applied to push that ice pick into that tire. Mm. Wow! So the next time, the next time you're having a beer at the bar and you got an ice pick and a tire with you there, you could actually <laughs> win some money that way.
0: <laughs> well, I'll just leave that one where it is then. <laughs> well, I think. Uh, do you have anything else that that we should be talking about when it comes to tubes?
1: Yeah, uh, you can actually uh, put a tube into uh, a ra- a tube or tubeless tire. That we've discussed that. But one of the things I want you to also be aware of is that tubes come in radial and biased, and it is really important to understand the differences between those two and how it affects the uh, the tire when you put it on. You can actually put a radial tie a radial tube into a radio tire or bias ply tire. A bias ply tube can only go into a bias ply tire. A bias ply tube cannot under any circumstances be applied to a radio tire. And that's because of the, the differences in the, com- uh, the chemicals and compounds that we talked about earlier and the frequency of the spring rate of the tire versus the spring, hopefully I'm not getting too technical, of the tube are different on a radio tire versus a bias ply tube. And one flex is quicker than the other and it could actually cause that, that bias ply tube and the radio tire to overheat and fail.
0: Mm, how common are, are bias tubes? Cause I think what we talked about, we sort of mentioned or touched on this before. And, and I was saying to you that I've asked before at some shops, is it a, a radial or a bias tube? And they just sort of give me a blank stare.
1: They don't know. A lot of the, unfortunately, a lot of the shops that you go to, you really got to check. And make sure they know because they are not trained in something that that nuanced
0: right but i would imagine that the bias tube is sort of a rare bird because it's so it, few it is rare.
1: it is it is rare but they still exist you can actually order them online because i checked before the show to see if i could order one and you can actually order both hmm. in the same size and also like we talked about at the beginning you can order the same tube, but it be it it may be in from a uh, one and a half millimeter to a four millimeter thick. And it could be a butyl versus rubber. So there's a lot of things that you need to look for when you're ordering, ordering tubes for your motorcycle based on what our, our conversation for this show. So your listeners out there, I would highly recommend listen to this particular cast a couple of times to make sure that you got everything uh, clear in your mind and you get the right product for you, for your needs.
0: Yeah, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Um, Anything else?
1: No, this is a great show. I very rarely get asked about tubes. So I'm always happy to talk about tubes because I, I, and to be honest, I don't get to talk about this information unless there's an accident. And then of course, in the deposition or in the courtroom, I've got to explain that. And sometimes it's difficult to explain it to a jury pool that does not very rarely consist of mostly motorcyclists. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, and this is much more relaxed atmosphere too though. <laughs> this is more this is much more enjoyable less, I would think.
1: A lot less stressful yeah. and a lot more fun. But uh, if if your listeners have any questions or anything, you you're welcome to post my information and they can call me uh, or email me. I'm easy to get by email. They can email me at the tire the tire guy at yahoo.com and it's t h e t y R E G U Y at yahoo.com. And I will be happy to answer any questions that they have about this podcast.
0: Okay. And we'll put to that in the show notes as well. Now, I'm going to ask you one more question here before we go. And, and you may sure. not know this because I'm not sure if this is really your expertise, but when it, uh, you hear a lot of people say about the nuts that lock on the tube, so you put your the lock nuts. Yeah, yeah, the lock nuts. You'll hear a lot of people say that when you're off road, you should back those right off so it doesn't rip the valve stem if you have a slight tire, uh, a rim spin uh, inside the tire. Do you have any recommendations or thoughts on that?
1: Well, even if you back them off, that means that that, uh, that stem is not going to be as secure. It's still going to be fairly stationary. So if you do have the tire spin on the rim, you still stand a very high probability of tearing that tube somewhere or tearing that, that valve somewhere where it, it it's the junction to the tube. So that lock nut is on there for a very, very specific reason to stabilize that valve and under no circumstances back it off. Uh, and I, I wouldn't put it as tight as I could get it on there, but it should be fairly snug, snug enough so that you don't have any movement in that valve. So that would be kind of into the not factual column as far as what to, to do
0: tj always great fun to sit down and talk with you thank you very much for your time i know you're very busy right now and i do appreciate it
1: no problem it's always an honor and a pleasure to do your show And believe it or not, I always get a ton of requests after your show. I'm not sure what your listener base is, but it's large because (laughs) (laughs) I get a ton of people calling me and and emailing me after the show, which is really good because this is an informative show and it, it should be informative to the listeners.
0: was T.J. Tennant from his office in Nashville, Tennessee. His firm, T.J. Tennant and Associates teach tire damage analysis for accident reconstruction to the insurance, law enforcement industries, and others. As well, they offer professional courtroom work for law firms around the world. We've got a link to T.J.'s email in our show notes, as well as some photos drop by our website, AdventureRadio.com. Click on the show notes for this episode, or of course, you can just search in the uh, search box for T.J. If you enjoy Adventure Rider Radio, we also do another show called ARR Raw. Raw comes out uh, once a month. It's a roundtable style spinoff from Adventure Rider Radio that we've been doing for many years now. We have a group of us to talk about all kinds of topics. um, And as you can imagine, we get sidetracked a lot, but there's always something to learn, some entertainment and some laughs. Um, Like on on this, this last one, which is coming out next week you'll hear us talk about our first rides and some things that we've probably never admitted. No one's ever admitted. I I think these are, these are, they've told some stories. Everyone's told some stories that um, haven't been heard before, which is kind of cool. You need to subscribe separately for it. Subscribe anywhere you find your podcasts. Just search for ARR Raw or Adventure Rider Radio Raw. You'll come across it. You can also drop by our website and find information about Raw, including everybody that's on the show. We've got a page for each person and you'll find it about Adventure Rider Radio. And, All of our shows have what we call show notes. So um, it's a page dedicated to each episode and there'll be some additional information often if there's information to put there. There's always links that we've mentioned in the show and photos for you to check out for each one. And each one of those pages has a place for comments, and we love getting those. So just drop by the the website, search for an episode or look for the episode, and then drop down and give us your comments. Of course, we're on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, we'd love to have you follow us there. Now, if you have a story, any kind of story, I mean, obviously, motorcycle-related, we're always interested in stories. So if you think you've got a good one, or maybe it's a good one, you'd like us to look at it, drop by the website and click on the link that says, pitch a story it's right at the top pitch a story now we do get a lot of ideas and, su- and suggestions submissions from people we can't guarantee that your idea or your story is going to make the show but we'd love to ha- to look at your story and get a chance to know your story a little bit just uh, go to adventurewriterradio.com and click on pitch a story wraps up another episode of adventure rider radio and we sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it special thanks to elizabeth martin our producer and you of course for being a listener we really appreciate it and what we would appreciate even more if you're not doing it already is if you'd step up and support the show we built it on a model let me say that again we built it on a model of advertising and listener support and uh we need you it's as simple as that drop by our website adventureriderradio.com click on support we've got a bunch of different ways you can do it and we would love to get you on our patron team which is a monthly support anyway check it out thanks very much for listening my name is jim martin i will talk to you next week hi this is charlie borman and you're listening to adventure rider radio (laughs)